Hello, everyone. Welcome into the, I think it's number 10. Is it? I don't know. It's, that's your job. <laughs> All right. number. right. We'll go with number 10 of the Production Line podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And we're without Andy today. I don't know where he is. He's kind of kind of ghosting us today. I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. He's gone MIA. So, so if anyone's seen him, we're going to start putting out Mel, Mel Cartons. And we'll see if we can get any get anything from that. I've hung up posters the whole nine. Uh, I think that'll really help considering so, location. <laughs> considering my exterior, I live nowhere near them. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty okay. Besides last night's game, or yeah, it would have been last night's game. I mean, people will be listening to this on Tuesday, but last night's game was a great. It was a fun game. It's probably the most fun game of the season. But other than that, it was a pretty lackluster week for the Red Wings, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll break down the games. But I wanted to start with, um, so I went to the Boston Sh- and Boston Sharks game on Sunday, uh, 1 p.m. game. And, man, I'm not going to lie, Dave Pasternak is probably the best player I've ever seen live. Yeah, he's he's fun. That's awesome. You watch you watched you watched that game, didn't you? I watched the first and then I got or first and maybe the second and I got kind of bored because Boston was kind of all over him. So I turned on the Griffins game instead. It got interesting. Like so like Boston was steamrolling the Sharks, like even through the second, like the they doubled him in shots. Yeah. But then the Sharks like fought back and then like they made it interesting, they made it four three. That's what the final was, but um yeah, the perfection line is legitimately unbelievable. Yeah, they're perfection. <laughs> yeah. Other guys like that really stood out to me was like uh oh, I'm freehanding this right now. I thought Eric Carlson actually had a pretty good game. He's been looking like really good this start of the season. Like skating wise, I thought he was pretty good. Uh Mario Ferraro is a pretty solid player too. Um weird thing is I wanted to see Eklund play and he scratched. So that was a bummer. That surprised me that they scratched him. I don't really like that. I don't like scratching young players. But wasn't it because Barabanov came back in the lineup? Still, like I, I don't know. If, like, I, I don't. I think he's better than Barabanov in my opinion. But he's probably more skilled than Barabanov. Barabanov, but I don't think he's better per se. But I get no. what you're saying. They shouldn't do that to if you're 18 year old. Like, there's no point to scratch you in the NHL. Like, Why not just the send, him, send him back to Sweden. Like, or the minors. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it was it was a good game. I'm trying to think like what else like stood out to me about the uh, there was the uh who fought? Oh, it was Frederick. It was Frederick and um Jacob Middleton. Yep. And so it was really funny. So I was sitting I was sitting like towards the top of the row. Emma's parents, obviously, that's who brought brought us. Um, but we're up like probably like seven rows from the top. And honestly, like vision, like I, I heard like the, it was like tight seating at the garden. And I thought, and, like, I thought like we were being on top. It was, but it's fine. It was really comfortable. Um, but there was this huge Sharks fan behind us. And I like, I hate, I don't know. Like I've only been to, I've only been to a few live games like NHL, but it, like he was doing like play by play behind us. And I swear to God is the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. Cause he, he's a Sharks fan. So it's like it's really weird because like he'd be like oh, I don't I don't get why 
uh, Weatherby is not doing this, like their their rookie or whatever. Yeah. He's like, Burns got to be better than that. It's just, I don't know, like, especially because, like, I'll be there in two weeks wearing Red Wing stuff. I don't know. Like, I won't be saying anything. I'll yeah. cheer when they score, but, like, I'm not going to, like, do play. I'm not going to annoy people, especially Boston fans. I'm not going to give them a reason to be annoyed with me. Yeah. But during but during the Frederick fight, there was this old Boston man screaming. He's like, they don't want it. They don't want it. And I'm like, who doesn't want what? It was insane. It, was yeah, like, it's a lot different when you're sitting there as, like, a, a just a bystander instead of, like, you have a favorite team out there. I really like, enjoyed myself. There. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. Um, dude, two beers. Guess how much it cost? I would assume like eight bucks, seven eight. for two for two bucks for two beers. One each. Thirty four bucks. What? Two beers. You're kidding? No, I'm not. I I couldn't be more serious. Hmm. Insane. I bought three pizzas, pieces of pizza, and it costs the same amount as two beers. So seventeen dollars for pe- for t- each beer. I guess so. It was insane. That's wild. I mean, I got we got like tall, like me and Mike got tall boys. So like, obviously, like I got, I got, I got, I got another one later, but like, yeah, like it was fine. I like it, I, I don't, I don't go often, so it was like fun, yeah. just to do it. But yeah. It's insane. Um, but it was really nice in Boston that day. It was like kind of like it was like 50 and like just kind of walking around and stuff. There was a dude. So after the game, there's a dude on roller on roller skates or blades, I should say. I don't know why I said roller skates. He was on blades outside waving a flag and like a Bruins jersey. He was like skating up and down the street That's where like cool. the, the garden is. Yeah, it was, he was going nuts. It was really, Bruins it was a really fan cool. base. Yeah, like um I know there's a huge thing. There was this huge article that came out on like how revenue right now from attendance in the NHL has gone way down from the pandemic. Like average attendance is down like 1,500 1500 people like everywhere. Yeah. And I know Red Wings are kind of like, I think they're like 18th in attendance right now. Something like that. But like the Bruins, like, I think they're like top five. Yeah. And they, it was basically a full, it was basically a full barn when we went. It was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, really nice. That was my first live game NHL wise since. Dylan Larkin's rookie year. Not counting, not counting the not counting the um preseason the Kraft Hockey Bill. Not counting that. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a minute. But yeah, off yeah, off of the Bruins, because I mean that was a that was fun. It must be fun to be a Bruins fan. Maybe. No, it's pretty fun to be a Red Wings fan right now. Not in seven years. Uh, It's gonna be less than that. It's gonna be less than that. Thing. Um. Yeah, dude. Burns are. I, I give him two more years. Bergeron can play at least six more years. Marchand can play twelve more years. I still think they're gonna fall apart. Otherwise, maybe. Like eventually, you're gonna have to pay pasta fair money. Yeah. Because that man is cr- criminally underpaid. Yeah, that's true. Like he's gonna make Charlie McAvoy money on his next contract. Yeah. You know what Charlie McAvoy makes a day on his new contract? No. 47 grand he makes a day all right it's not bad all right so do we want to okay so we'll get off get off the bruins get off my weekend um let's get into business do we want to start with the 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 fun or do we do we want to go negative then fun oh uh, we should probably start with the order and they went okay you want to do that yeah so, so we'll so we'll go 
we'll Calgary, go, Montreal. We'll go man to man to shit to fun. Yeah, it's basically the order it went. So yeah, Calgary. Um, this is the game that I called the last episode, saying I think this is one of them they were going to lose, simply because Calgary was coming in without a win, and I actually think Calgary is like a decent team. Like they actually have good players, um, and a good goalie. Like I think Markstrom is one of the better goalies in the league. And he obviously proved that he was shut out and he played really good. Um, it was just like, yeah, the Red Wings game was just kind of meh throughout like the whole, they kind of like, they had pressure at some points, but they never really had any like scary pressure besides Lucas Raymond. Yeah, it was pretty lackluster. I know I was pretty frustrated after that game. I sent you a long list of players ranking them in tears <laughs> we'll go through go through go through that list right now let's go through the list i don't even know if i have that list like uh, i just wrote it up on my phone really quick but like at the top i had cider standing on his own um and then i readjusted it after and i had stevens and raymond in their own tier after that because i thought stevens played really good and raymond was by far our most dynamic player offensively and then good players. I think he had five shots that game. Yeah, he had five shots. Um, our Unreal. good players, I think it was like Lindstrom, Stahl, um, uh, Ernie. Right. After that, there wasn't much more. And then, like, I'll just skip to the bottom. Uh, the worst two players, uh, worst three, but one's expected. Heronic and Rasmussen. And then I had Danny DeKaiser down there, too. Danny D. But he's expected. It was was it who's in goal that game? It was was it Ned? Ned. It was Ned. Okay. Ned had a fine game. It wasn't like that one, like I thought he played good. Like the goals that were against, I think there he was both like the defense like lost coverage and like especially the Lindholm one. That was Zadina's man uh coming down late. Um it was supposed to be Zadina's guy there. What goal did Lindholm score? The first one. The feed from good. Remember, it was Goodrow in the corner, and he fed it out front, and Z- I Zadina had lost his guy. Miscue from Heronic and Suter. They were both on the same guy at the goal line, and Zadina was at the point on the point man, and Lindholm broke down after Suter and Heronic were standing there clueless. Yeah, basically both on the same. I guess guy. it's kind of just a mix of defensive pressure. I guess because like you could argue, obviously Suter or and or. Who's you said to uh, Heronic? Heronic. They should not be on the same guy. That's... No. So one of them need to communicate to be like better in well, that area. What, what happened else is... was oh, I'm pretty sure like Suter was following Goudreau like behind the net, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden like Heronic. I don't even know what he was doing. I, I I could sum that up basically. Heronic just that whole game, but we'll get yeah we'll get into we'll get into Heronic. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I pointed out that Zadina probably like could have been on his head on a swivel a little bit, but I guess you bring up a good point there. I didn't really notice that. I I kind of missed that. Yeah, I had that in my notes of that game. I didn't really. I took a little bit of notes only on the Calgary game. The Montreal game was just such abysmal. Yeah, that was the opposite. I, I took more notes on the Montreal game. I barely took any, and then <laughs> I didn't take any last night either because I was too in the moment. Right. Um. I pointed out like the cider hit on Lucic. I thought was really funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, did oh, that... get are you gonna bring up the Lucic thing? So yeah, um, Red Wings have 
just great pressure going three four minutes, minutes of the, or four, first, yeah, three minutes, three to four minutes of the game. And this was a play that really bugged me and rode me the wrong way. Uh, Giovanni Smith decides to fight Milan Lucic early in the game after Calgary's getting completely dominated in pressure wise. And Lucic, it, it was kind of a draw. I mean, Giovanni went down first, like no punches were really thrown. Yeah, I think Lucic probably like if he were to like call a winner, Lucic probably would have won. won. But like Giovanni, Giovanni walked away breathing, so I guess that's kind of a W. That's a W for Giovanni. But I was so frustrated after that fight. I'm like, we have all the pressure. Why is this guy fighting right now? And then after that, um, probably like three minutes later, Kachuk took like a swing at Raymond, basically like a a nice two hand to the feet, and like that's a time when you like start something there like yeah you're gonna stand up for your guy there calgary's gonna be buzzing then after they see that and no one responds to that from the red wings and that's pretty much what happened the red wings got out of the first period down to zero simply in my opinion because they got hmm, what's the word i'm looking for out um elfud essentially yeah basically it was a pissing contest and calgary won calgary won by a lot so I'm going to go back to the Giovanni fight because I'm going to guess what happened is Lucic being the smart veteran he is recognizes he's the, like Giovanni's a young fighter coming up. Right. And Lucic knows he, that Giovanni's going to say yes to him because he's he's the veteran. Right. Like Lucic's going to ask you to fight. You're going to say yes, because or else Lucic is going to make you fight. That's uh, what I'm guessing. I'm guessing this is what happened. I'm not saying he should have done it. Because so, so but like, again, I think Giovanni's going to learn now that like, hey, I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't fight here. So I think kind of the uh, other way. So I'll oh, do the, you, the other. You think, Giovanni, you think Giovanni is trying to make a name? Giovanni's for trying to, he's been trying okay. to find a fight, someone to fight him all season long. And Lucic had two fights all of last year, I think. Lucic hasn't been fighting nearly as much. And Lucic yeah. being smart, they're down, they're getting dominated in pressure right now. Three minutes mm-hmm. in, he's like, I can turn this game around. And this kid wants to fight me. Like, what is he, he doing? He did. He did. And it basically turned the pressure around, in my opinion. And that's kind of what turned the game so early. I think the Red Wings kind of bounced back in, like, the second and third and had decent a decent game. But I think that turned it in the first period. And that's kind of what bit the Red Wings in the ass. Yeah, because ultimately they didn't get the offense going. And they had, they had some power play issues, too, that, like, they couldn't – that was a big issue. I think that this weekend – like they, I know they scored two power play goals off the top of my head. I think that's what they scored out of the past three games. They did the score week. two. I thought they scored. Oh, they did. Yes, you're right. Yep, two. So, but like they also had like whatever, like 14 opportunities. They had a off lot. the top off the top of my head. So that number's got to be better. Um, it's not awful. Like it's better than last year's Red Wings. But like again, penalties were a big issue both sides. Like both sides of the Red Wings game. Like they're not. They weren't capitalizing the power play. And they were taking way too many penalties. Yeah. That's more so for the next two games. But, um, yeah, with Calgary, again, like, that that's the game that um, Calgary's going to play. Like, Chuck is just the biggest rat in the league. I respect him, honestly. And he ran the Red Wings show. Like, he was in everyone's grill the rest of the game. And he was in their – like, he was in their grill. Like, the Red Wings did nothing about it. This was the it Red was, Wings of last yeah. year. It was Red Wings like- of last year. It wasn't like blatantly dirty stuff either. It's like no, no. like that two hand, like cool. That's something the Red Wings should just respond to. That's literally that's Kachuk hockey right there. Yeah, it's, he, a, it's a pen, it's a penalty, but it's like nothing like offensive. No, no, I I like I don't have a problem with that. It's like the same no. way 
like most gritty players play in the league that are like skilled too, like Brad Marchand. Right. Yeah, right. I don't know. There were positives to take for sure. Um, I thought Cider was awesome. I thought Cider yeah. was fantastic. And then we haven't been giving. I know we've been like really high on Raymond for the past week because, like, again, he was the biggest surprise to like make the team. Because you know we were saying like in the first couple episodes we were like, oh, Raymond, you know, probably get his nine games and that'll be it. But like Cider is like he's. I, I like I have this written out later, but he's easily our best defenseman right now. It's not particularly close. Yeah, it's, it's not close. I'd agree. I I would have to agree. So the past three games, his ice time is like he's he was averaging twenty minutes in the first like three games, and then these past three, he was averaging like twenty two. And I know the Montreal game. I think he played twenty four minutes. I think he did the Montreal game, which is insane. Yeah, he did. Oh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's been, yeah, he's been the lone bright spot. And like, I'll get into, we'll get into more like on his game later, like in the other games. But I, um, I think there's, there've been more bright spots than you could say on defense. I do think like Mark. Stone, well, yeah, there's another, there's, there's another, yeah, that other pairing I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think Nick Letty, he brings so much to the table, like just like, especially last night, man, his patience and like his like calmness when he's moving a puck. Mm-hmm. I there's like we've never we haven't had a defenseman like that in a long time where Cider's like Cider can do it too but Nick Letty makes such a difference on the back end I completely agree well just imagine the defense without Nick Letty yeah no I know um so we'll get into, we'll get into the the Habs game um uh, before oh, so Heronic didn't play against the Habs so I would like to touch right. on this a little bit more okay my big issue with Heronic this this game we Every time he were to like touch the puck, he just slap at it all game. Every time the puck rolled to him, he it was it's not even like he panicked. He just like carelessly slapped at the puck, and it'd just be a turnover almost every time. And then he'd get the puck on like it'd be a, almost a rush or like a two on two on. We're talking, two about, the, we're talking about the Calgary game, right? Yeah, or like a okay. two on three, and he just carelessly dump it, or he'd try to do something with his hands and. Heronic might have the worst hands in the team besides Mark Stahl and just lose the puck every single time. And I was getting very frustrated. I'm not going to lie. So I guess we'll get into it and we'll obviously we'll touch on like he was scratched both the last two games of the weekend. And I know like it's a hot like it's like, oh, Jeff hates the young kids, whatever. It was like, well, not exactly like he sucked. Yeah, we'll be plain and simple. He sucked. Um. I know, like I have, I had a bunch of thoughts written down, and like I'm blanking right now on like what I wanted to, what I wanted to say. Okay, so with I know because everyone's like, well, DeKaiser's carrying him down. Sure, but we know what DeKaiser is at this point. You can't really expect anything better of him. I think, yeah, I think if it were me, if I was Jeff Blaschel, I would have benched both their asses. They would have been both in the press box. I would have put in Osterley and have been Osterley Stetcher for the. I don't care. Because they both sucked and they weren't good enough. Um, so I don't necessarily disagree with Veronic being scratched. And again, I think he's going to learn more from being in the press box than Dan DeKaiser is. I think so too. So I, again, I don't hate the move. It's it's very much like Anthony Mantha last year. It sends a message that like like Blash is not going to put up with it. It has now, to be the right message though. Like it can't be like a guy that's completely deflated. He's got to right. be motivated to be be better. No, you gotta go. You gotta be in the video room with him and like showing him positives and be like, "Hey, listen, like this is what you can do. 
like let's see it you know what i mean like you can't just be like hey look at this piece of shit play you did yeah you suck like no yeah that's uh, not gonna do anything good yep but like definitely like him watching to see what like because obviously montreal game was an absolute nightmare so he can see what everything else is doing wrong and like oh i shouldn't do that right Mm -hmm. but my uh, go back to dan to kaiser i think i think we can get a situation like last year where they they scratch him Simply because, like, I don't know how much, like, I know, like, he's an assistant and and all that, and, like, they want to pay his respect. I think this is, like, a, a last, like, ditch effort from Blashill to, like, give DeCazio, like, a, a real chance. But, like, if he's going to keep playing like this, it's unacceptable. Like, there's no reason he should be in the lineup. So, you brought up the point he's an assistant, and I brought up the point earlier when they announced the assistants. These are fill-in assistants. These aren't future assistants. Right. You can easily put an A on someone's chest. Well, also we pointed out the at the point last year where Franz Nielsen was the assistant captain, and he only played like twenty games. Exactly, you can put an A on Nick Letty's chest super easily, or Sam Gagne, yeah, or Sam Gagne. Right, there's so um, many guys that you can put an A on their chest. Right, it doesn't matter. So I don't, I don't think that's going to hold him back at all. I mean, obviously, like Philip Ronick was the high, like he had the most minutes of any player on the Red Wings, and he went from that to playing Scratch. nothing. Yeah, so I don't think Jeff really cares about it. I don't think he's a guy that really cares what people think. Like what he's doing, I obviously for better. That. I respect it, but like I mean, I think it was more so an issue when like the Red Wings were still kind of like in this pseudo being good phase, like 2016, 2017 era, where like they were just now phasing out of like being in playoff contention. Yeah, where like he'd where he would be scratching Mantha and Athens U for no reason, stuff like that. Um, but now like he's actually got like players that like actually can fill in. Yeah, and stuff like that. Um. Well, yeah, we get off. I like obviously, I yeah, I think I agree with him, but like, I think it's kind of like a half job. So yeah, maybe ah, you can't read his read his mind though. And I I actually said before that game, I before it was announced that he was in a scratch, I said I would have scratched Heronic into Kaiser, like you said. Mm. But that was my thought before going into the game. They were so right. bad. They're awful, and they're I think they're the two worst players analytically on the team as well. Like I know Heronic's pretty, I think I, I sent that expected goals chart. That's from Bashant Iyer on Twitter. I think Heronic was at the bottom. I think he had like 30%, which is for anyone that doesn't really know yeah. what that means. It's, it's bad. Yeah. You want to be, you want to be as close to 50 as possible. And if you're that far down, it's really bad. Um, What else? Oh yes. The rest of this game. So the first like five minutes of the game is pretty fun. We had, um, Oh yeah, I should mention yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi. So it's the first game in Canada. Didn't play. Um, but we get the uh, Ernie had a breakaway, and I was I thought he was going to bury. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was going to score too. He he came in with some confidence, and I thought he he had it was a good move. It was a good save by Allen though. Yeah. Um, early power play chance, Mo Sider to Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin smartly waits and then rings it off the post and in. I know um, I had texted you this um, right when Larkin scored, but. Even in like preseason, the way Larkin's shooting the puck right now, I haven't seen this from him really. The way like his confidence in sh- in his shot right now, and I remember like the goal against Columbus in preseason where he went post to post in, yep. like his shot looks dangerous right now, and I love it. Yeah, it's like so Larkin's always been a really good shot generator. Like he always like I remember his first couple of years in the league, he would just wheel around and shoot, and he'd have like five shots a game. Yeah, but they weren't like high quality shots. They weren't really any threats. 
to, sh- to score. And like, I think he's really taken the time to work on his shot and actually like be a shooting threat. It's not yeah. to say like he had a bad shot, but it was just kind of meh. You know, it wasn't like a real, yeah, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a real threat, but no, that was a really nice goal. Um, yeah, we were feeling good. And then like, was it Ben Sherratt scored the first one for Montreal like two minutes later? Yeah. And Thomas Grice was in net for this one. He got yanked. Like it was after, yeah, it was after the sixth goal because Ned didn't let any in. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like, do you have anything like out of the, I have like so many things of like negative this game. Really did not write down much. My notes from this game are the refs and to Kaiser jumping in a play, and we know how that ended. Yeah. Poorly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the three on one or whatever, right? Yeah, went back the other way. That's my big issue with the Kaiser too. Is he is too damn slow to ever jump in a play. If he just like anytime the puck goes back the other way, he's not getting back, and he's usually the fourth man in the rush. Then on that on that play, let's say it's a four on two, the Kaiser jumps in, the right. puck comes back the other way. It's then a three on one the other way. How about that uh, Giovanni Smith breakaway where he ends up being the like he's ahead of all the other two guys coming back on him and he ends up being third in that race. <sighs> that was yeah. bad. Yeah, he's way too slow. That's um, oh. yeah. I got a couple. I got I got some beef with uh, also Michael Rasmussen. The fuck was that? The last two games. Yeah, I I don't know. I I was not impressed with his play for at being all. for being six foot six, like two hundred and thirty pounds. He has zero strength. Yeah, on any puck. Also, his like penalty, like his play on any like opposing player is like kind of like wag his stick in front of him and see what happens. So it's kind of like a prayer and a dream. I had like in preseason, I was talking about I was gassing him up about how much stronger he looks on pucks and stuff, and then he pulls this the last the game against Montreal and Calgary. I thought specifically he was soft as all hell. He, yeah. I don't think he won a single puck battle. I don't think so either. You're six foot he, six. I, yeah, I thought he was better in the Chicago game. I thought so too, but like better it needs to be. Yeah. You need to be consistently good every night if you want to keep a spot. Right. Right for sure. Um, trying to think what other like noteworthy. I mean, everyone was kind of bad afterwards. Like Matthew Perot had a hat trick. Natural um, hat trick. Natural yeah. hat trick. Pretty embarrassing. Um, like there was really like no like and Troy Stetcher was in, which I should mention. Troy Stetcher came in for Heronic. I thought he was fine. He's fine. Really, yeah, yeah. He was cool. Yeah. I like I like Troy Stetcher. Um man, like what else? like I can't like think of anything positive other than that to say. I know Pew Suter missed like a like a backdoor play that wide open that just whiffed on. Uh, yeah, he needs to start scoring. <laughs> yeah. It's still a point um, where he gets so many chances and he cannot score. There was a graph after this game. It was expected goals, like should be for right now, that like people have nothing. So Matthews was at the, was at the top before he scored today. He was like expected to have three was, goals already. Yeah, him, Marner, and Suter all on that bottom page. Yeah, Suter was expected to have like two point three goals already from like location of like chances and whatnot, which is completely like he probably he probably could have like three or four goals at this point. Yeah, which I mean it's fine. My only question is right now, like, what is he bringing to the table? I know it's really early and I probably shouldn't be saying like anything. I think he's been fine like defensively. I think he's fine defensively too. It's just kind of like 
what is he bringing? I know like, he's been like, he's had his chances. Like he's had his looks and like offensive zone, like off the cycle. It's just, he really needs to start producing. Mm-hmm. I would say like, I think he can do it. Like he's proven it last year in Chicago. It's just, if he can. I'm not worried about like assists right now. Cause he's been putting teammates in good chances too. I think it's more, I'm worried, more worried about him finishing right now. If he can start finishing, I'll be happy. I don't care. There's been plenty of times where he's set up like good plays in the ozone and just someone hasn't finished as well. That yeah. line together, they need to start scoring. They get a yeah. lot of chances. That's kind of like, yeah, it's a, I mean, there was some depth scoring on Sunday, which we'll get into, but I think that's an, I think that's an issue right now. They're not considered it's... depth though. They're considered top six scoring. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking like depth, I guess, like scoring after the first line. Secondary scoring, I think it's the better word I should have used. Okay. Second, Because secondary scoring is anything like after and the primary. Was, yeah, the third and fourth line. Right. Um, what else? Like, I mean, Montreal didn't have a power play goal at that point, and they scored, what, two power play yeah. goals? Sammy Niku somehow like had two assists in his first game and looked great. Uh, yeah, I thought Carter Rowney played good enough to warrant himself a game over Giovanni Smith going into Sunday's game. It's not saying much, but yeah. I I know, but yeah. I thought Giovanni took two really dumb penalties. He's just he takes penalties in dumb areas, like in the ozone, he'll take a penalty because he's too slow and slash someone or something. And then he took that penalty that I guess like if you think it's funny, yeah, I guess it's funny because they're down five to one, but Ultimately, like, if you're a coach, you probably do not want to see that. Yeah, like, if you're down – if it's, like, a tied game or something, you're going to do that. That's funny. But – or not a tied game. Maybe you're winning by one or something or losing by one. Ooh. Or it's a close game. They're not losing by one. Winning. I don't think it's, like – I I don't even find – like, I don't think there's any situation where it's funny because you're putting your team in a bad spot either way. Yeah, I guess down five to one, you're not putting your team in a bad spot, and I suppose. people think it's funny, but that's probably the best time to do it. And I just think it's, why? What's the point? Like, why do that? Like, what is? Yeah, what warrants that? Yeah, I think he definitely needs. Uh, I think he needs a couple games in the press box. So too, uh, and I like, like, I like what he was bringing the first couple games. I thought he was like, especially the Tampa game. I thought he was great in. It looks like he's gotten too comfortable already. <laughs> He does look a little bit. This is again. This is the thing we said um, season preview. When we were talking about lineups. Is Giovanni Smith an every everyday NHLer? Yeah, I at this point like he hasn't proven it. He shows flashes where he looks good and he looks like he can play with some skill and some pace. And then other times he's got lead feet and gets beaten back. He gets beaten on a break, like on his own breakaway by Ben Sherrod. I would say more times than not he does that. Yeah. So we'll see with ultimately what happens with that. Um, I thought there was a little thing. So we're losing, I think it was four to one at this point. We're losing and there's a commercial break. We go back to an offensive zone face off for the Red Wings. And Jeff Blaschel throws out the fourth line for an offensive zone face off after a commercial break. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's, a, that's, some, but... that's some loser mentality. Yeah, that's my one. That's like I, I I'll complain about that a little bit, Jeff. Like that's it's a bit ridiculous. You shouldn't be throwing your bottom six lines out af- after commercial break, especially in an offensive zone face off. Yeah, I agree. And and if you're losing, like if you want to win that game, you're throwing out your top six. How much time was left at that point? 
Uh, it was the I think it was the beginning of the third. Okay. I think it was four one or something. Four one at that point or something like that. And I was wrong. The sixth goal was an empty header. So Grice got pulled after five, and then the sixth goal was an empty header. So my my only argument to you there is Jeff Blaschel has had a decent amount of success with fourth lines and offensive zone pressure. And if you're looking for a pressure shift where Mitchell Stevens, I think has established himself as a very good offensive zone pressure player thus far this year. And if you want to create a cycle game, get that going. Although I don't feel comfortable with Giovanni Smith on the cycle game, but I do think you can establish some offensive zone pressure with a fourth line. In theory, you should be able to. I don't know. I still think like you want to score after this. Like I, I, I get like if you want to keep momentum. Like if you want to throw the first line out to get like those chances, then you throw out the fourth line and then to keep the momentum because they're an energy line. I'll hear you there. I guess it's the same thing though. Like what if your first line doesn't go out and perform and you're more confident in your fourth line going out there and producing a a pressure like four check cycle shift, and then you come in with your first line after that and Larkin comes out and Raymond comes out and Fabry comes out and they have momentum and they're buzzing. Like you see what I mean? I don't, I don't know if you, if your first line can't create offense in like that scenario, then they I, I'm just saying, line. cause it's, it's kind of a, it's in a dull moment and you're looking at your fourth line to create energy. That's what they do. That's what they're there for. Agreed. And, Okay, that's like my only thing. I so I don't I, I, I get where you're I get where you're coming from, but like again, like I I think I think we're both like I think we're both right in the scenario. It's just kind of like what the coach's preference is. Yeah, I, I would like to see what's going through Blashell's mind in that scenario. Yeah, and if he's right. thinking what like I'm thinking, like or 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 he's just not thinking at all. So that's my question. I don't. Know. Yeah, I guess to me it kind of seems like a little bit like eh, whatever. Like you don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would like. I've had coaches like that where, like, if it's a game like that, it's gotten out of hand, it'll just be like, Yeah, whatever, who cares who goes out? Yeah, and it's just kind of like for as a player, you're like, Okay, cool, I'm playing in garbage time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's whatever, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, um, one thing I point like, I know Andy would have been, I think Andy probably would have pointed this out, but the one thing I noticed with the away helmets, what's up with the red lettering? You notice on the helmets, Meyer red lettering? No, 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 for so the the CCM logo. You look at the helmets. Like That's the definitely something Andy would have pointed out. Uh, Did you I, notice that? No, I didn't. I like, no look, go look, go look at a picture like from like Lucas Raymond's goals from the week. He's like his Bowers red, Mo Sider in the penalty box red. I didn't notice this until like the the Chicago game because oh, I like that. I kind of like it too, but I was like, that's weird. And Bertuzzi's was the only one that was black, so I don't know if it was like I don't know what that was about. Bertuzzi's like, was, was black. I oh, that's why I, I I swear to God. Like I, I like tried to look again for it because like I was like after I noticed it I needed to like make sure everyone was wearing it because for a second I thought it was like a glare or something. That's baffling. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it, but um, I thought it was weird because I've never seen. Obviously, the Reddings have never done this. No, it's cool though. Um, yeah, I know uh, Raymond. That was his uh, season low ice time. I think he played like thirteen minutes that game, which is fine. Doesn't matter. He, had, I, I mean, I, I didn't notice him, and he wasn't bad. So I didn't notice cool. anyone that game. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, like Gus Lindstrom had some like solid defensive plays. I think I've been, yeah, it's been good. I've been a, I've been a big fan of Gus Lindstrom, and I was a noted Gus Lindstrom hater coming into. I the was season. also on team anti Gus Lindstrom and team Troy Setcher going into the yeah. season. 
I'm and still now Team I'm, Troy Stetcher. I'm still Team Troy Stetcher as well, but I'm also Team Gus Lindstrom now. Me too. Like, I think Troy Stetcher should just play the left side, and we, we'd be partying and have Dan DeKaiser kick rocks. I would be all for that. Let the WMU boys sit in the press. Yeah, they can talk about the good old days. And then we can bring up Witter. We can call and, Witter. Andy would love that. Andy would be rooting for that. Call Witter. <laughs> have the boys, take the boys out, you know, have a good day. Maybe hit, maybe hit Holland. Hit Holland, yeah. Um... Yeah, like other like I literally like there's nothing. I have not like I have a bunch of like I don't know. I always like make notes during the game, and I'm like I have no idea what I'm talking about in that sentence, like in that yeah. scenario. Then you forget so it. Then I forget what like I was trying to mean there. Um, so I guess we'll go to go to the fun now. I guess. I guess I don't know. Why I'm saying I'm guess this is like the most exciting game the Red Wings have played in a very long time. I thought the Tampa Bay game was also very exciting. Despite this, the loss. Well, this had this had major Tampa Bay vibes at some points. It did. It did. So I, we yeah. were so okay, which you mentioned. So we went when we played Montreal, they were 0-5 at that point. So we gave Montreal their first win of the season, of course. Um, but Chicago were coming in another awful start for Chicago. I think it was like their 0-4 and 1 or something like that. Um, just terrible start. And so I'm like, great, we're gonna give Chicago their first win. That was the that's what I said last weekend. We we're making our predictions. I said we we're going to lose to Calgary, and I said my worst case scenario is we we give all of them their first wins, especially Chicago. Luckily, yeah. that did not happen. Six three win over Chicago. Chicago can eat eat rocks, eat rocks, kick rocks. I don't know why I said eat rocks. Yeah, I hope they eat so many rocks and then their teeth break. All right, all right, stop it. Um. So yeah, no Heronic, no Smith again. So. Rowney filling in on that fourth line again. Fourth line. Um, I thought that was the right play, and obviously he got rewarded for it. But we'll. Um, oh, the one thing I wanted to mention before right away in this game, Dan DeKaiser. They switched up the D pairings. Dan DeKaiser with Moritz Sider, and after two periods, Moritz Sider's uh, um, analytics took a shit because he's being weighted weighted down by. Yeah, Dan he's basically. Like Mort Sider has this huge backpack with like six anchors in it, and he's just trying to carry that backpack. And that backpack is damn heavy. Yeah, it's it's a hundred. It's a big load. It's a hundred eighty five pound backpack. He's yeah pulling around. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no Blashill. Like he was on ninety seven point one before the game, and he called it like an internal decision with Ronick. So I know I saw people some speculating was like maybe it's not like game performance i'm like well it is like i think it's game performance it's the same thing with mantha i know sure a- um heronic's a really passionate player and uh yeah you can see it like like last year um he did not take losing like very good like you'd see almost every game he'd break his stick over the crossbar on every empty net goal right so he does not like to lose and no. um it's good he needs to be i think this could benefit him almost more than it did that Mantha because I don't think it really helped Mantha. I almost think it more like took a dent in his like his ego. Um, ego. Yeah. Cause Mantha was never really a fiery player. No. Um, I agree. I like, I like that. Yeah. I agree with you. That's a good take. Um, So to get into this game, Raymond right away. Also. Yeah. So Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi being back. I'll start with that. Bertuzzi being back on the first line, like night and day. With with and without Bertuzzi in this lineup, 
the forward lineup. It's like it's not yeah. it's not it's not particularly close. Like it's so, yeah, so much better. It brings so a lot. He brings everything. Yeah. So Bertuzzi comes down on Calvin DeHaan. DeHaan just kind of gives it to him. I don't here. know what the hell the Blackhawks defense is in general, and what the hell Calvin DeHaan was doing in that play. Oh, again, I want to I want to like finish on like the Blackhawks, and then I know you said you wanted to bring up something at the end as well. Yeah. So um. With yeah, so Calvin DeHaan turns it over to Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi literally just like turns around, and Raymond is all by himself, just chilling. Raymond comes in on you know Mark Andre Fleury, Fesno winner, and fake shot five hole goal. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was such a good all play. Of, all around, like Bertuzzi, literally, like he didn't think about it. He literally grabbed it, turned, fired the pass. And so this is my biggest pick with Heronic, right? Right there, what Bertuzzi did right there. He got the puck. He was patient. He looked. He picked his head up. Heronic flings those pucks. Mm-hmm. And nothing drives me more crazy than that. Like, Bertuzzi's right. so patient. And if Heronic could pick up more patience and better hands, like, oh, I think he could be such a better player. He could be. He's like, he has, he has the raw tools. He does. And he, we've seen that. We've seen that two years ago when, like, 18-19, when he had, like, what was it, like, almost, like, we had, like, nine goals, I think he had, something like that. Yeah, insane. So yeah, um, great start. Obviously, fans are going Lucas Raymond, and we get into we get into later in the period. Cider is looking good, and then Dan DeKaiser is one on one with Tyler Johnson. Somehow, the five nine player outmuscles the six foot three player and scores. So I don't know how you have like. Like, his coverage there on him, like, it wasn't even that bad. I just don't know how you possibly do not get a stick on that puck. How are you not good enough to get a stick there? It's his body, man. Dude, he can't do it anymore. This is plain and simple. He cannot, he cannot body anyone off a puck. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he probably wanted to, but, like, I don't think he can physically. I actually don't think his positioning was that bad there. Like if he, if he just gets, he like played him tough. If you just simply get a stick in his, like on the puck, he does not score there. And I know I saw, I saw some people on Twitter were like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't like how Ned poke checked. It was like, well, Ned didn't really know what to do because he would, he was assuming that DeKaiser was going to make the play. Yeah. And so he's kind of waiting on that. And at the last minute he throws his stick out to poke it. And then it happens that Tyler Johnson literally squeak as falling squeaks it through the five hole. Yeah. So I, I did not put that on Ned. That's not Neither Ned's fault. Um, yeah, so Tyler Johnson scores the Red Wing killer, you know, story old as time. And then, yeah, um, I'm trying to think what happened. So, yeah, that was the end of the end of the first. Um, and then we get into the real fun, you know, it was like what two goals, like right away, it was like two goals kind of back to back. Carter Rowney, it was a two on one with Michael Rasmussen coming, coming down on the wing. Rasmussen took a really weird shot, like I've like he waited and like it wasn't a hard shot and it kind of just like hit sh- flower on the shoulder. I and hate Rowney, the way Rasmussen shoots. He's he needs work. He needs to work on a shot big time. Yeah. That's like my that might be my biggest pet peeve about Rasmussen is the way he shoots. Um, it's flower on the shoulder. Flower drops. Rowney kind of like banks it in off him from behind. Uh, really good play like all around. Like even Mark Stahl was jumping in the play. It was like a four. It was like four on two, like with everyone back, and it just happened that Carter Rowney out outplayed him there and. Yeah, ended up getting the goal first, first for Brownie. Yeah. 
Um, I should like mention like what bugs has been bugging me so much about Rasmussen. Like, cause I really didn't specify, like I just kind of said he's been soft on pucks, but like a big thing with him is especially against Calgary. I noticed like, and Montreal, he'd make a pass. And then like, it's like, he'd just be like in La La land, not expecting a pass back. And just like, like his head was like in the air. And like, I, like I have no idea what he's doing. And like, it'd be like Zadina and Zadina is like a quick thinker, quick passer. Zadina right. will just put the puck right back on his tape and Rasmussen will just not be ready for it. That happened at least four times against Calgary that he missed the pass point blank. Yeah. It just kind of goes back to like, so Michael Rasmussen, not a playmaker. It's just really like we could have Joe Valeno there. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's the third line center. And I don't I just I think it'd be so much better because you it bring that other element of skill where like you could have players feeding off of him where like Rasmussen kind of kills the offense. It's kind of a again, he's kind of a a weight. I know yeah. he was like I know he was a really good scorer and junior on the power play and whatnot, but like he hasn't he hasn't done it in the NHL. He hasn't done it. I really think like Ernie and Nemestikov have looked really good this year too. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like he is a bit of a weight currently on that third line. Yep. And I know like it'd be easy. Like I, I could see him as like a defensive, like fourth line center or whatever, but like Mitchell Stevens is there. Yeah. I think Mitchell's and I think Mitchell Stevens has been awesome. he's been damn good. He's been one of our best players. And it's I've, not like I've loved Mitchell Stevens. And yeah, it's not it's not like not close. Like unless you yeah. Cause even flipping, like I guess you could flip them, but like okay. Yeah, I don't, really, I don't know what you're accomplishing, but anywho, I can't believe I've gone this long without saying, oh yeah, I should mention that Lucas Raymond had a hat trick this game. I know he doesn't, I didn't, I know he didn't score that hat trick yet, but I, I didn't even mention <laughs> at the beginning of the episode that we had a Lucas Raymond hat trick six games into his NHL career, which is absolutely wild. Yeah, okay, we'll get it. Oh, I guess we'll get it. I should have waited. I'll get into it in a little bit, but because <laughs> I guess we'll talk about Vlad's goal. I was happy for Vlad. I love Vlad. I was too. I I root for him a lot. Nice to ski scores with the goalie in the net. Yes. Um. Good play by Zadina and Stevens. Zadina kind of like goes to the middle, pulls the defender away from Stevens. Stevens takes a shot, and then Steven kind of poke, pokes it away from Flurry so he can't cover it, and then Nemesnikov kind of shoves it in. Really good. Yeah, it was a really good shift there. Like right, it was like kind of like two shifts after the um Rowney goal. So again, that's what I said, like the depth, the depths or the secondary scoring kind of showing up. Obviously, I want more from the second line, but um, see so it. Yeah, I I thought uh, back to the negatives, but our power play this game, Zadina was just throwing pucks to no man's land all game on the power play and even on even strength. He's if he can just tone it down and be calm, like. Last year on the power play, he was like our bright spot basically on the power play, in my opinion. Although he wasn't scoring much. Um, I did think right. we missed Heronic on the power play this game. Um, I think both games. It added like he adds an extra element of like scariness there. And instead they switched Cider to the first unit almost to like even that out. So Letty which, can I, which I liked. I did like, but Letty they switched Letty to the second unit, in my opinion, to feed Zadina. And Zadina wasn't taking advantage of that. He was trying to throw dumb passes to the middle. Mm-hmm. To no man's land, exactly. And uh, I didn't like the way our power play looked. 
I I'm kind of mixed. I mean, we can get into this right now, but because we're already on topic, so I'm kind of mixed on it. I kind of like so obviously the the power play had its warts, but I think Tangay did a good job mid game, especially on the Raymond like old, yeah the third goal by Raymond. Yeah, where he, he purposely flipped Larkin and Raymond, so Lar- Raymond was on his one T side. Mm-hmm. And they immediately score right after that. Raymond scores his hat trick goal on the on the power play. It's about different looks, and we didn't do different looks last year. No. So I really like. I th- again, I think Sider's getting rewarded for playing the being the best defenseman. Mm-hmm. And I think he he's been the I think he's been the best defenseman on the power play. Like Nick Letty's made he's been good, but Nick Letty's made some questionable choices. He had a couple games go where he rimmed, like, I think it was Calgary game, absolutely rifled it in the guy's chin pads. Yeah. So, again, yeah, it's it's all about, like, these units shouldn't be stapled together. Like, you should play around with them a little bit and find that right mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I want to I get into, like, the first line as a whole, and we'll kind of break them down, because obviously that was the start. They were the stars of the show. So Kind of break them down as a whole. Yeah, right before you go into that, I, I like the reason I like Letty on that first unit and Cider on that second unit is I like the dynamic of Cider passing to, like, Hironic, and then that opens up Hironic and Zadina a bit. And then I like the Letty dynamic where he's moving the puck to Raymond. And I ultimately, I've wanted Raymond to shoot more and more and more. And finally, after this game, he might have some more confidence to do that now on the power play after right. this. So that's that's my big reason I like Letty in the first unit. But ultimately, I don't do, don't care which they where they play i mean i guess ultimately like, it, it, like, like we keep saying ultimately i think we said it like four times i love time. that word and ultimately great. ultimate denzel curry um but i guess it depends which way you have raymond so if, if you're gonna run with raymond on his one t side from moving forward i want cider on that first unit because you're feeding i the Ray, the power play needs to go through raymond on whatever unit it's going through because mm-hmm. he's the best passer Regardless if he's shooting, because he's the one that's going to get the pucks through and you're going to get stuff moving. I just so, think he should be playing his strong side and um, once in a while give him a look on his one-timer like Tange did, and then that gives a mix-up. And you don't like – it's not the same thing. It's different. So I like him shooting from his strong side, and he's such a good passer from that side. I agree. I've liked him better on the strong side, but, I, I, yeah. So I, I'm with you that, like, you should have, like, the different looks and – change it up here and there yep so yeah but i want to get into like the whole game as a game as a whole for the first line the everyone had three three or more points besides raymond raymond had four are, you gonna, are you gonna finish the the summary no nah, forget it okay forget it. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're going all of fun so for expected goals for first lines in the nhl um obviously first line was i mean the number one was uh you know the perfection line boston marchand pasta bergeron but then you go down to three, which is Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond. Granted, they played the le- the least amount of minutes together, but they're third on the list. And they ran Chicago's show that game which all over the ice. saying a whole lot. I mean, I guess you have an Olympian defender that like was literally on the ice for four of the even strength goals, but he should he shouldn't be an Olympian. Yeah, I agree. Did you hear that? Did you hear that ding or no? Ding? Okay, never mind. Yeah. I got a text and it, it buzzed. Okay. But no. I, I wasn't I, sure. I wasn't sure if it was on the thing. And I'm, I like Seth Jones a lot, but man, is he bad. 
I, yeah, he. And it's not all his fault. That whole defense, of course, a joke. But he's way overpaid. Good for him, but, though. He got his bag. That's all you yeah, should care about. You can't really, you can't really hate on the player. No, you don't hate, hate the player. Can't. You gotta hate the GM for that. That's brutal. He should be ashamed of himself. Well, he should be ashamed of himself for multiple reasons. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Seth Jones. Not like as I just think he's. I liked him in Columbus, and I, when I really liked Columbus, right. I used to root for them a little bit in the playoffs. But man, that deal's not going to end up well. It hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I said it's not going to end up well. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but yeah, like the whole first line, I think I know Raymond. Like we'll get into like Raymond separately, but like Dylan Larkin playing the way he is right now, it means so much to the team. He's the most important player on this team, and it's the it's the most important thing that he's buzzing. Well, nothing like if he's not going, then no one else is going to be. And he played great this game. He was all like, the. What's go ahead? It's almost like he plays with a different type of energy when Bertuzzi's in the lineup too. I I just feel like the two of them just like they just play it, feed off each other, and I love it. One thing I've noticed uh, about his ice time this year, it's been down. Larkins? Yeah, he's playing like 17 minutes a night. I think he played like 17.50. was like the most he's played so far this year. And I'm okay. I think we have some good defensive players this year that like are like more guys that Blaschel trusts. Like, well, I think, it's a consci- I think it's a conscious effort by Blaschel to not run Larkin into the ground. Yeah. Because there were some games where he played like 22 minutes a night, which you can do every now and again. But like if you're doing it every night, mm-hmm. like you're not – he's not Conor McDavid. Dylan Larkin's not Connor McDavid. Let's not get it twisted. But he <laughs> could he, he's proven that he could be a point per game player. And he's not going to do that when he's doing all of his defensive responsibility. That's why Michael Rasmussen's like fourth on the team in ice time right now. Yeah. Or forwards anyway. Because he's taking the defensive uh you know defensive zone starts and whatnot. So I mean, I guess I can see lot, like that standpoint why Rasmussen's valuable. For freeing up Larkin, but again, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep sticking Larkin. We're gonna stick to the positives for the rest of the game, rest of the podcast. Um, Dylan Larkin, three assists, all of them like high like IQ plays, dri- play driving wise. With um, so you had the I'm trying to think of the his first assist. His first assist was uh, yes, Raymond's second goal. No, second. Yep, Raymond's second goal where he. Raymond, he took a pass from Bertuzzi. Oh, it was Bertuzzi, okay. He put a nice shot on goal, and that goes to what I said earlier about his his confidence in his shooting. It was a hard shot. Um, Fleury just couldn't handle it pretty much, and Raymond crashed the net, not like a 19-year-old usually does, and went to the dirty area and put it in. And, like, that's just a, a line drive, literally. It was textbook. It was good patience by Bertuzzi, good pass, great shot mm-hmm. by Larkin, and a good rebound by Raymond. Raymond literally scored in every possible way this game. Yeah. He showed he showed he was elite in every way this game. Yep. Every aspect. I, I love to see like a player like Raymond score a gritty goal like that. Like you don't expect someone to like crash the net that hard. He goes down on the ice and Larkin just falls on him. Like I, I love that shit. You can tell that like Lark like Larkin and Bertuzzi are like Raymond's like big brothers. Yeah. Like they love they love him. They love playing with him. It's just 
it's just unbelievable. Like their their chemistry already is through the roof. I know, I love it. Um, yeah, and then like um the other yeah his Larkin's second assist was to uh was on the Bertuzzi goal, which by the way Lucas Raymond the vision up from the breakout pass absolutely rifles it across the ice for Larkin. I thought Larkin I knew Larkin was gonna wrap it. He's coming in with speed, throws it to the net. Bertuzzi it goes off his skate and in it and in and they review it, but. And oh yeah, like, so uh, was that the no no, no no never mind yeah that was a that was a review by the league that wasn't the coach's challenge yeah to... and that was um a typical Bertuzzi goal yep uh yeah great pass by Raymond in the neutral zone and Larkin I love when he wraps the puck like that Bertuzzi's and... tied for the league lead in goals yes and In McDavid and there's someone else Kopitar probably. Um, and notably, there might be someone else. Notably, Bertuzzi, first player in like the last or one of three players in the last 25 years to start a season for the Red Wings or start with five games played and nine points. It was Henrik Zetterberg in 07 08. And Shanahan. And, and Shanahan 01 02. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then we had so many records this game. Yeah, the, there are some good... mostly, mostly from Lucas Raymond. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break the, we're gonna break those down. So he was the second nineteen year old or or less to score a hat trick for the Red Wings since like only Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman did it twice, and Steve Eiserman's now his general manager. So think about that. Pretty hilarious. Um, he was the third third player under the age of or 19 or younger since 91 to record four points i think yep. that was Fedorov and lindstrom i think no was it yeah i think so or was that for a rookie or it was for a rookie because then it was the what was the one with gordy howe and the it was the four points from a teenager i thought that was okay. just that was three points from a teenager in their rookie or from in their rookie year, and that was Fedorov oh, and okay. Lindstrom. And then I, I'm pretty sure. And then it was four points from a teenager, which was Eiserman and Gordy Howe. Only three players have done that. Twitter was just going nuts, and they kept throwing different stats and, and names in my face. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what any of this means, but I I love it. All the national coverage he got, Lucas Raymond did. Um, all the way from Frank Saravalli's podcast, because I listened to that today. Elliot Friedman talked about it and how great he said Elliot Friedman said about Cider and Raymond gave gave him vibes of the the gave him vibes of Toronto Maple Leafs making the playoffs and for the first time in 2018 of that team on like how the rookies just kind of took over. He said they're that he thinks they're that good. He's like, That's I don't think well, he's like he's like, I'm not I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but like he thinks like the like just the way like the energy they play with and whatnot. They're I that do, impactful. I do think they're very impactful, but I, the Red Wings are in such a tough division. <laughs> well, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't saying they were going to make. The yeah, playoffs. I know. He, was, I know. He, he just he said, and I kind of agree with him. Like the I energy do. that's in, it, like, because Toronto like weren't, wasn't expected to make the playoffs that year either. They might not play make the playoffs this year. Well, uh, they're losing three to one last time I checked. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lucas Ram. Yeah, getting all over all the attention all over. The third goal, to, he scored in yeah, every way possible. He gets the breakaway goal, the gritty goal in front, and then the one timer on the power play. 
granted the one timer didn't have a lot on it and they kind of squeaked through flurry but it was awesome anyway and the and the obviously assist to for Bertuzzi's goal yep the kid the kids all right so when should we when should we you know plan for celebrating Lucas Raymond's heart trophy his Calder trophy Bertuzzi's yeah. yeah this was Andy's text last night uh when Bertuzzi went to the locker room uh <laughs> that he might be hurt Andy I'm like well hopefully he's okay and Andy's like he's just uh setting up his uh where he's going to put his rocker shard trophy basically <laughs> <laughs> for most goals most goals in the league um that's pretty funny that was it was great and honestly like when you look at the Calder race right now and like you look at rookie scoring number one and number two are Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider well, tied for number two, but yes. No, Lucas Raymond's first and Moritz. Oh, my, well, yeah, Sider's tied for second. Tied okay. for two, yeah. Okay, whatever. Raymond's ahead by two points. Yes. Um, I'm really jealous of anyone that got to put money on Lucas Raymond in the preseason at like 3,000 to one odds. So they are laughing at this point. I, I don't care. Uh, I was going to put money on it at the, the island at Twin Spires. They didn't have yes. Calder voting out there. Garbage. I was going to put 50 bucks on it. And I asked, or, uh, yeah, and I couldn't do it. But, like, on FanDuel, it was plus, like, oh, I don't even know, 1300 and That's still great odds at that Do point. the math, $50 paid. No, this was on FanDuel. They didn't have it at Twin Spires. Yeah. Um, so I can't do FanDuel because I'm not 21. But Twin Spires at the island is 18 because it's – it's native right and uh so i couldn't do it but uh yeah so 50 dollars would have would if raymond pan to be the calder winner would have been a, a decent chunk because i know yeah preseason i think when he first like when he when he was like looking like in preseason when he had that big game in chicago i know twitter reading's twitter like took took to like make bets for like the calder and i think the odds were like yeah, twenty eight hundred or something like that. It was yes. insane. It was now di- someone posted. Sites. I think it was. I think it was Wyshynski posted. He's now down to like nine hundred. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, and it's gonna keep going down. Yeah. Um. So there's yeah, still value like, there. Oh, there's still value there for sure. But like, because I still think we'll probably like the betting odds is probably gonna be Zegris and Caulfield and whatnot in night probably. Um. Who cool. are are all off to kind of sluggish starts, especially Zegers and Caulfield. Knight's back up right now. I know he's playing right now against Arizona. Yep. Cider's going to be up there. Byram's going to be up there. Lundell, who's playing on a stack third line. Yep. He's out right now. I think he's out of the lineup tonight. He had yeah, yeah he's day to day. Upper body injury, but he's looked very, very good. <laughs> I Yeah, for sure. Right now, Lundell... Byron because he's going to probably put up more points than Cider. Byron, I don't see. I think I think it's going to be the opposite. Byron gets he's on a stack team. Cider gets more minutes. What three more minutes? Byron's averaging eighteen. Cider's averaging like twenty one. He might go up to like twenty three. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I, Cider's I, the I, better player in my opinion, but I think Byron, I agree. Offensively, he's very dynamic. Yeah, no, they're both great players. Like they're both great defensemen. Yeah. Um, with I just think I just think like Raymond, like 
with opportunity. I think Zegris has the most opportunity out of all, like Zegris and Caulfield, like have better opportunity because, you know, I think there's, yeah, whatever. But Raymond, like, is going to have some of the most opportunity out of all of these candidates. Like, I understand that Lundell's good, but he's going to be playing, he's, he's third line. Doesn't matter. He's going to be playing against third liners and he's playing a line with Sam Ryan Hart and Mason Marchment. <laughs> I, I just don't think, I, I don't see him producing more than like 40 points this year, which would be a great year for him. That'd I'm be not an unreal year. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't think that's Calder worthy. Yeah, he might put up more than that, though. You never know. I, he's already at, what, five? Yeah, something like that. I think he was, like, four or five. Yeah, he's at five. But, but um, yeah, just this whole, yeah, back to the Red Wings game. Like, that first line is legitimately fun. Very fun. And the, very good at this point. I know, granted, they haven't played great competition yet. They yeah. played. They played a couple of solid teams. Like I think, like Calgary and Vancouver, are a little bit hated on. I think they're good teams. They're not great teams. They're good teams. Yeah. Um, but the real test is going to be this week for sure. Um, to go back into the game a little bit. Um, yeah, Lind- Lindstrom. Did Lindstrom score on his own net there, or was that Borgstrom that put that? That's Borgstrom. Okay, I Lindstrom I, guided I, it into his own net, and Borgstrom kind of teed like. It looked like he like winded it in, but he barely got a stick on it. Right. Um. What was I? Gonna, oh yeah, Jeff Blashfield in the coaches review. That was a great play. That was. I know we both like were texting each other like that shouldn't be a goal, and it was risky at that point because I think it was six three at that point and they had a five on three. Yeah, and it if, it counts, been... if it counts, if it counts, it is a. Penalty for Detroit and it's six four and the five on three continues. Right. So it was a big it was a big play and Blashville had to be very confident about that and he was. It was the right call. I'll, I'll, like literally Nadukovitz had his pad shoved into the net. Like it's goalie interference. He can't he can't stop that. There's nothing he can do about that. Um that penalty kill was really good for Nadalkovich, and I thought Sam Gagne busted his balls on that penalty. Sam kill. Gagne was unbelievable on that penalty kill. He was – I thought he had a great game. Mark Stahl also had a great penalty kill. Show. I yeah. love Mark Stahl in the penalty kill. I, yeah. I've, I've been anti-Mark Stahl for, like, the last year just because I think he's boring. But, man, on, like, a, a halfly decent team, it makes it – it's better to appreciate him now. And I think mm-hmm. he does a lot of good things out there. And I think he is a very good leader. Yeah, same with – yeah, Sam Gagne, Mark Stahl, both the Sam, same. Sam Gagne also. I kind of was anti Sam Gagne last year. I I just think he's on a fun team last year. And I I love Sam Gagne. I think, yeah, he's kind of like the team dad. Yeah. He he hypes everyone up on Instagram. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You follow him on Instagram or no? I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. I might not actually. He's a good follow. Um, Another like, so I kind of want to rag on the Blackhawks now because they deserve it. And they're a terrible organization. I hope nothing bad things that happen to them. Um, yeah, but it's not personal. Wait, can we talk about Mitchell Stevens, my boy, getting two points? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, How about yeah, that? He deserves I was out of anyone that has like gets two point game this season, like in our bottom six, Mitchell Stevens deserves that so he's much. scoring this. He's scoring this week. I think so. He that's scoring dude, this week. He busts his balls so hard and every day, night in, night out. He's been working his ass off. I, I, oh, he's been one of my favorite players to watch this year. So far, 
He's legitimately. I, I, I think he's been good in basically every game. I, I, it's hard to have expectations for a guy that has never really played in the NHL. And my expectations after watching him in preseason, they were pretty high or not high, but like I expected mm-hmm. him to be a solid fourth liner and he's exceeded all my expectations. He's been a good fourth liner, a very good one, in my opinion. Yeah, he's, he's, it's definitely, you can appreciate his game too, like the way he moves his feet. Like, it, like you can see like the efforts there. I know, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard for some players because, like, they're just bigger and they can't move as fast and it kind of doesn't look like they're trying. But, like, you can tell with Mitchell Stevens, he's moving his feet all the time. Um, for better, for worse, for those other players. But yeah, Mitchell Stevens was awesome that game. I thought Carter Rowney was also really good. Like, believe it or not, I actually liked Carter Rowney's game. I agree. But yeah, let's go rip on the Blackhawks. That sounds fun. Wait, before we do that, what? Jacob Verona comes back in three months. How exciting is that? Hopefully three months. Are you asking what I'm going to do with the lineup or just how exciting it is overall? How exciting is that? Very. And maybe what you do with the li- lineup. So the first line you don't touch. That's an easy, that's easy. That's the easiest answer I, answer I could give. Unless they're struggling at that point, but yes. And then you go, you move Fabry to center and then you move Verona on the second line wing. And you put Zadina on the other side. Because Zadina and Verona had awesome chemistry. At the end of the season, and then you have Pew Suter, and uh, yeah, move him to center, and then you move Rasmus into the fourth line. Uh, bingo, bingo, bango. Okay, I guess that's the easiest. A little thing. different. What I go. Ooh, mine's interesting. I guess. I don't know. I actually like that you put Fabry at center. I thought he was good the one game you played center. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of. Bumped Valeno into that second line spot. Centering, Ooh. Centering Verona yep. and centering Verona and Zadina. And then I had Suter centering uh Fabry and, and Ernie. Ernie. And nice. then Nemestikov, Stevens, and Rasmussen. I like it. I can I can I can mess with that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Gagne. Yeah, or Gagne over Rasmussen. I don't really care at this point right now. I'm pretty uh, pissed off at Rasmussen, to be honest. Yeah, he had a better game. I thought he played better that the Chicago game. I should give him a little bit of credit, but yeah. I would assume I, Nemestikov might be traded at that point. Maybe. Even, even uh, well, at that point, it's going to be, I think it's be January he comes back, so maybe not. Maybe not. They might yeah. do that to open up lineup spots, though. Who knows? Especially if right. I want to get Valeno in there at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be probably injuries and stuff, too. Like, at but some point. Gagne is a guy I'd almost rather see sign another year. If Well, he's not going to get anything. Up. I don't think he's going to get anything for a trade. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, if you, like, keep him around, like, next year. I was getting really far ahead. But. It's fine. I don't care. I love Gagne. I love hot takes, so. Yeah. Sam, Sam Gagne is getting 20 goals. Okay. <laughs> well, Joe Valano's going to be the second line center when Verona comes back. That's my hot take. Ooh, okay. Again, he's been great. In, he's been great in Grand Rapids. Yeah, I like I've said, I've, I watched the game against Manitoba on Saturday, and I thought he was the best player on the ice for both teams again. And then Perfetti was probably second. I thought Bergeron right. had a really good game. Yep. Um, I love the memes coming out of Jeremy Colleton and the whiteboard. Yeah, that that – I've never, I guess. I've never seen maybe, that. Maybe like if the players are feeling it, right? It's a it's a seven to six game, right? Empty net. 
you're like, here, I'll hand the players the whiteboard. They're buzzing right now, right? It's a six to three <laughs> game and you're getting shit on. <laughs> like you have generated no offense. You just had a five on three that you pissed away. So if anyone doesn't know the context, so is yeah, so it was uh, I was was it during the yeah, it was during their five on three, I'm assuming. Oh, it might have been. I don't know. It's really bad though. So Jeremy Colleton, the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, usually coaches are drawn up a play to like what to do here on the power play. But he takes this opportunity to hand the the whiteboard to the players because, you know, they should be deciding what to do, not the coach. And then he gets it handed back. So there's a lot of memes like I was like, uh, I've seen like I saw like tic-tac-toe was being played. <laughs> um, there's a couple other ones. Um, it was like, you know, like the, the cool S's like you would draw in like yeah. the fifth grade. <laughs> I saw a couple of those. No, those are really funny. Um I don't think there's ever been a seat hotter than Jeremy Colleton's right now. Well, and Stan Bowman said he's not on the hot seat. Yeah, that's so what every, that's... every GM says. Also, Stan Bowman should be absolutely on the hot seat. <laughs> I'm not even like this isn't even like I hate I hate Stan Bowman, but like I like I also like this is a genuine take. Like I think he should be on the hot seat. Uh, I just like my favorite part about that is like how he's the GM of the U.S. team. And like how Seth he's Jones not a is, good general manager either. Well, how Seth Jones is like, I wouldn't even go as far to say he might be a top 10 defenseman from the US, being like the ninth or 10th best defenseman. How he's listed as one of the first three named because he plays for Chicago. Like, the literal, okay, the literal Norris winner is, is from the United States. Yeah, the literal Norris winner from last year. Charlie McAvoy is one of the best two-way defensemen. I in the think NHL. Charlie McAvoy might. Be, that's a hot take, but I think Charlie. I like Charlie McAvoy's game better than I like Adam Fox's. Ooh, okay. Actually, I'm kind of with you on that. I think Adam Fox makes a lot more happen on the power play and stuff. He's more like, dynamic, but I McAvoy. I, would, is, I, I think I, would, I think I, I think I would think I would too. Charlie McAvoy might be like top five defenseman in the NHL. Uh, yeah, he's very very good. Yes. Um, even Zach Rowinski would have been Zach a better but Yeah, I was just going to say, his ex-teammate's better than he is. Um, but yeah, Chicago is just off to an awful start. The Literally, the fans left with like eight minutes left. Half the arena flooded out. Um, the booing during the game. That was unbelievable. I, like, I've never I've never seen that. It was funny because I was watching with uh, Chase Tolaire on a Discord together. And uh, we were just trashing the Hawks' defense the whole game. It was so funny. He kept talking about Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe did not look too good. I love how, like, everyone, like, says, like, Jake McCabe is, like, this underrated defenseman. I have never seen it with Jake McCabe. No, neither have I. I know analytically he's not bad, but, like, I like I don't really – like, I sometimes pay attention to analytics. Sometimes yeah. I don't. I don't know. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. But, like, whenever I've seen Jake McCabe, I'm like, what are you showing me? Four one Sabers right now. <laughs> Empty netter too. They finished the game. It's four holy, minutes left. Four holy minutes shit! Left. That's game. That's game. Awesome. I'm happy for the Sabers, man. Carson, They're fun good for this you. Year. Carson, yeah. good for you, man. They're fun this year. It sounds like the Eichel thing's gonna get wrapped up here pretty quick. I hope so. Friedman said he's gonna. Be, he's like, if nothing happens in two weeks, it sounds like Eichel's camp's gonna file a grievance against the league. Uh, another another couple another couple fun jokes from the Red Wings game against Chicago. Uh, 
I think Luke, Lucas Raymond is the best player to wear number 23 in the United Center. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> the best player um, to wear 23 in general. Literally. My favorite one was probably when – I don't know what happened in front of the net, but Debrinket and, like, Cider were, like, going out. And Cider's like, had this smog look on his face. It was probably the funniest thing. And Mickey Redmond loves to bring cat like so much. He just <laughs> not stop talking about the cat. Oh my. Yeah. I met him in Farmington Hills. Uh, all this at the golf outing. But no, that was, uh, that was so good to watch. I love my one. My one complaint from the game at the end. I'm Andy talked about this too. Um, that was so we me had that, that talked about it. Oh yeah. The format power play. And I, we, we kind of just punted it. We kind of just threw, we were throwing two defensemen out. And three forwards, and we kind of were just playing pass in the offensive zone. That's just such a unique opportunity to like practice, like because you, you can do whatever you want. Like you want to try some shit. Oh, I'll, I'll hammer this. So literally, I was actually like flustered over this right in the moment. I'm like, I'm happy we're up six to three. Lucas Raymond has four points. Our first line has ten points. It's combined. You have this great opportunity to practice your power play. Up six to three with four minutes left. They are not going to score three goals on a four-minute power play that you have with, what, five minutes left? Yeah, it was like five or six minutes, yeah. I was, like, I was actually about to snap something. And, granted, you're putting Dan DeKaiser and Troy Stetcher out there. I, uh, I was freaking out. No, I I think that is such a good opportunity for you to just even throw some different combinations out. Like, I don't I don't even think you need different Like, you have some fringe guys. Like, if you want to, like, put Pew Suter in more of a scoring role. Yeah. But like keep keep like your big dogs out there. Yeah. Like keep keep Raymond and stuff and all that. And like keep them going. Like get them reps. There's no better time to practice your power play than in a game situation. You can practice it all you want in practice, but it's not the same as in a game. Right. I don't know. No, I completely agree. That's like my one. I mean, if that's our smallest complaint from that game, uh, really. Yeah. That was which because in theory it's like not that big of a deal, but like. You know, could have been. No, better. I mean, Blashill might be still having nightmares from giving up two, three goal leads against Tampa Bay. So, in that perspective, I can understand why, but you have a power play and there's six minutes left. You're up by three. A four yeah. minute power play granted. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're giving up a bunch of shorthanded goals on a four minute power play, you really then. need to work on your power play then. Yeah. So, probably a good thing so, you're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't working on it because of this issue. No, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, overall, like the first two games, really big bombers. I, I, uh, there were positives in the Calgary game. We saw some things. Yeah. Uh, I think the Calgary game was just kind of like a boring game. Like it wasn't necessarily awful besides the first period. I think the first period was pretty sloppy. Oh yeah. I didn't even mention like penalties were such a big issue this week at this week. The amount of penalties we're taking ridiculous. In- that was a big reason why I wanted Giovanni Smith out of the lineup, and that's why I want Dan DeKaiser out of the lineup. They're both too slow. They take way too many penalties. They can't yep. keep up. Yep. And Carterani's fast enough to keep up, and Jordan Osterley is also fast enough to keep up. And you just got to get him see how he is in game situation. He hasn't yep. been in the game. Nope. I think he'll get in. I think he'll get in this week at some point. I don't know when. Or I would like I- to see Hronik play wednesday also two games if i if if i had to guess i think he will be back but i also thought he was gonna be back on sunday so i don't know two games is enough 
I think two, days, two games is enough as well. Unfortunately, I think that's going to mean Stetcher's out, which I don't think Stetcher necessarily deserves it. So that Stetcher was pretty – like, yeah, I thought he was good on Sunday. I thought he played a good game. But if you're asking me if I thought he was better than Lindstrom now, I would no. have to say no. I thought no. – I I forgot to ask. Lindstrom's been our third best defenseman. So your top five mo- players that you've been most oh, impressed right. with this season so far. Most impressed with. So it doesn't even mean like they're the best Or most, players. M- most pleased with or most impressed with. Whatever way you want to do it. Okay. So because it kind of like it's different. It's kind of like a different like because I don't know. My best players like who I'm most pleased with isn't necessarily the best players. Does that make sense to you? No, it's not. It's supposed to be about best players because okay. like right. you could just easily throw like Larkin in there. But right. Well, like obviously the top of my list is Lucas Raymond, and it's like not close because he I didn't know what he was going to be. Right. Like that's yeah. um, Mitchell Stevens would be on that list. I don't know where. Gus Lindstrom would be on that list. Um, I honestly think I'd throw Vlad in there. Weird, I, but I I really liked Vlad. I have to agree. I just think he's been like his. I don't know. He looks like he's skating with such more confidence with the puck and stuff. And that fifth one, I would have said Grice, and then he. I mean, it wasn't really his fault in Montreal. But yeah. No, I know what you mean. Grice would be in there. I've really liked Larkin. Bertuzzi. like I'd throw like whatever whoever wants to fight for that fifth spot would be one of those three for me. Yeah, I guess a cider too. You know, I'll probably change it. I'll throw cider there. Cider's been unbelievable. So I think I'd follow up on you. I'd go Raymond Stevens one two because both guys you don't really know what to expect from, right? And both have been very very good. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think I would have to go Gus Lindstrom as well. Yep, I really wasn't expecting a. Uh, like this good of a year so far it's early but I've been very pleased with him yep um after that I'd uh, I had pretty I'm pleased with Cider right now but I I still like I would probably throw him fourth anyways but I watched him a lot last year so I kind of figured this would happen not yeah. gonna lie um probably fifth would either be Nemestikov or Bertuzzi Mm-hmm. Bertuzzi, I honestly thought he was going to have a down year this year. Not going to lie. Because yeah, with the surgery, with the back, back surgery, surgery mm-hmm. I was very, very like worried about his play, and he's been nothing but great. In the mm-hmm. Calgary game, him and Larkin weren't fabulous, but I, I've Bertuzzi's been very, very good. Right, and like even I should like also mention like Ned had a really good game against Chicago. His save against on Debrinket on the five yeah. on three. I don't know if you already mentioned that. I did but... not know. I forgot. Wow. That might be yeah. like it's save. I think it's save of the year so far. I know we we had so much other stuff to talk about. That was yeah. that was a. So I feel bad kind of for neglecting the goalies and stuff. Like Grice, I thought Grice was good against. Um, I don't know. Mind he didn't he, he, he didn't, didn't really he didn't really have a yeah. Ned Grice, Ned I thought was taller good. or good against Calgary. Good enough. Yep. Like he just had no support, goal support. I thought he was, re- he was really good against Chicago. Really good against Chicago, especially in like the third period on that yep. whole five on three game. Oh wow, he was he was fantastic. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think I think our lists are pretty. Like I I agree with yours. Like I like those are all guys I would have thrown in. Yeah. And I mean, there's a couple other guys you can, like I can think of off the top. Like Ernie, I probably could. I've like, yep. Ernie's been good. Yeah, Ernie could like make an argument for um. I guess off the, after that, like I can't really think of anyone else I'd really want to throw in there besides him. Um, 
Mark Stahl. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess uh, I've been very pleased with Mark Stahl. Just, I've liked Mark Stahl, but I don't think he makes that list for me. Okay. Um, just like yeah. his, his course, he's good too, which I like. It's true. Of course, he has been good. Um, yeah, previewing this next week. Um, so we have Wednesday at Washington. Um, we, got, we got all the Red Wings rejects on Wednesday. Hopefully, Chalowski gets slotted in. That'd be fun. This is a defenseman right now for Washington. Kind of yeah. so. Um, Jensen has a goal today too. I did see that. Good for Jensen. <laughs> I like I like Nick Jensen. Me too. I think Nick, I think Nick Jensen's actually a good defenseman. He's got um, two in the year. Nice. Uh, yeah. So we have Washington. Then we have really exciting Florida team coming. We're playing Florida. ESPN John Bucci Gross calling the game. I'm really excited for that. And then Saturday we have in Toronto for in yeah in Toronto on Saturday night. So back to back, which will be a really big game. Really exciting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those will be this will be a really big test for the first line. If they can keep up keep up pace and look you know look the part. So you I mean you dunked on the Blackhawks, which is all fun and good, but the Blackhawks aren't exactly great. No. So it's time to show up against, you know, the other like a like legitimately playoff team, like really good playoff teams, top lines. Yeah, this, Washington, Washington's been awesome to start with. Florida's been awesome be a, to stop start with, and Toronto's I think gonna be better. I think Washington just won seven to five. It's Ottawa. Really? Yeah. Wow, it's barn a, burner. Ovechkin just scored two. Oh, she had a hat trick. Um Toronto just lost four to one, so they're they're still struggling. I think some. Um, I think I think if it keeps it up, like they play Chicago, I think Wednesday. I think if they lose that game, I think some shit's gonna hit the fan for Toronto. It might. Um, they got to do something. And then Florida, I think they just won five three against Arizona. Okay. Kessler nice. just scored. I know that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think this is gonna wrap up this episode. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at TPLPod. Um, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. All the good stuff. We have the website, too, at theproductionlinepod.com. And, yeah, thank you, everyone, for your support. Mm-hmm.